In a world filled with information, where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! On today's show, one of the biggest risks to your financial independence and how to plan for it. Plus, the markets have been choppy this week, so what's driving the recent volatility and what's possibly ahead in 2020? This is the Get Ready for the Future show. Education-driven, strategy-based, and team-delivered, this is the Get Ready for the Future show. We thank you for watching and listening. We are live streaming once again on Facebook Live and on YouTube. My name is Scott Inman, and to my left today, Client Service Special Associate, almost called you Specialist, Client <laughs> Services Associate, getting used to that title, Shannon Wood right. making his debut, debut, right? Yes, first time. Well, actually not debut because you were sitting at this well, table with Scott for true. the In Hot the Ones hot Challenge. Wings. Yeah. Yes, oh my. I remember that quite yes. well. That was, you that do was too. interesting. That was an interesting time. Yeah. Yes, uh, it was. <laughs> it took a few days to get past the heartburn. Yeah, this one will not this show will not be nearly as painful, okay. trust me. Uh, to there, my there, right, there and, was some inflammation, some inflation of, of certain yes, yes. as far as your your esophageal area was concerned, right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. And let me introduce the co-founders and co-owners, John Shrewsbury and Janet Walker. Welcome back into the program as we get ready for Straight talk about your financial future once again today. And we you've already kind of alluded to the topic of today's show, John. We're talking about inflation. We mentioned in the open one of the biggest risks to your retirement. Three universal risks that we talk about all the time on this broadcast. There's sequence risk. That's market-related. There is longevity risk. What if I outlive my money? And there is inflation risk. And I think that is the one that people think they've got to handle on the most, right? I mean, I know what inflation is. Everybody knows what inflation is. But if you really drill down on the numbers, I think it can be astounding to hear uh, on the program today, and we're going to get with some specific numbers in a little while, how erosive or ero how much erosion can happen to your buying power with uh, inflation and the effects of it. So we do want to, as our live stream commences today, entertain your comments and questions. And that would be a great jumping off point for you if you want to interact with us today. Think about something Let's set it on 20 years, 30 years, whatever you want to do. Think about when you were younger and the cost of an item. How much did it cost 20 or 30 years ago, and what does it cost today? We're going to share a few with you as well, but we're all movie lovers here. We all love movies, and I think we are in the generation where we like seeing the comebacks, the 30-year-old yeah. movies that are being redone or sequels are coming out. Oh, There's yeah. a big one coming out. Actually, a couple of big ones coming out before the show. I was talking with Casey about the, the Ghostbusters update is coming up, and that's... I don't know if that's, I guess it's a sequel technically, but yeah. there's a big Top Gun movie coming out too. Yes. And, and John's a fan of that one. I feel yes. the need for speed. Yeah. That yeah. Was a, it was a great movie in the 80s, and I'm sure this one will be good, although I'm not sure how they're going to get Val Kilmer to look like Iceman. Well, yeah, yeah, that's going to be a little bit of a problem. Uh, we've, we've had, because our broker dealer, LPL Financial, is based in San Diego, we've actually had the opportunity to go yeah. and, and go to the Top Gun bar, you know, where the piano was, where they did great balls of fire and all that type of thing. Yeah. We have played that piano i'm yes. not going to say that we've played it well play but it we well. have played it right. what's the name uh, of that restaurant uh it is and it's located in downtown uh in the in the harbor area of san diego you don't think about that's where that place is it seems like mm -hmm. it's a little out of the way place but it's actually in the thriving downtown area of san diego right next to the gas lamp district complete with a short person who comes by and plays the role of tom cruise and is really? in uniform and everything can't be a tall guy to play that role yeah Yes. There's there's a Tom Cruise there every time we go. Wow. Yeah, but that was 34 <laughs> years ago, Scott. Yeah, that's hard to believe. And you think about what has has transpired in the last 34 years and how much uh, things have gotten more expensive and what have you. Now mm -hmm. I, I was going to play a little game with you. Let's okay. see. You were born when 1973, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Do you realize that the inflation rate since you were born has been nearly four percent? Yeah. That's that's that's. Probably pretty much the average of the last 50 years or so, right? It, it, is, a, it is around that. Huge, the the 80s in there raised the average yeah. a, a good little bit. Yeah. But now, check this. 
If you take that 4% and let's say that you think about having income of $3,000 a month and you go forward 20 years at 4%, you know how much that income is? A lot less. $1,369, which is a 54% decrease. Okay. So what that means is that if you started retirement with $3,000 a month in income, 20 years into your retirement, you're living on half the money, not even half the money. Right. And so people just don't understand yeah. the mm. impact that inflation can have. And you think, I got it under control. You know, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to buy as much. I'm not going to spend as much. But that's that has no way of negating the impact of inflation. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think Shannon had some inflation numbers relative to Top Gun specifically. Yes, and, yes. Yeah. <clears throat> In fact, uh, the first Top Gun movie, they used the F-14 Tomcat, which back then cost $38 million. Now they have the F-18 Super Hornet, which is $62 million. And, it, and it's been upgraded, so Goose is optional. You don't have to have Goose riding shotgun wow. with you. <laughs> Man. But, wow. I mean, think about, you know, obviously we're not buying aircraft, but the government is, and guess who's paying for that? Yeah, that's us, that's you know, crazy. so so we don't really talk about in quote unquote inflation in our taxes, but we're paying more in taxes than we used to that's be. Right. And, that's right. you know, th- it's another piece of it. It's we're, not just inflation, too. It's the technology adaptation yeah. that, oh, yeah. that, that we are all forced to to undergo. I exactly. Mean, it, well, it's it's things are changing that you wouldn't even imagine that you needed. So we, we used to have landlines. Everybody yeah. had a landline. Right. Now we have a walking computer in our hand. Landline yeah. was probably $30, $40 a month. And we thought, well, we'll get rid of the landline. We'll save money. It's it's kind of a break-even. It's not. Mm-hmm. I, I'll now do you, you have to have data. I'll do you one better on the landline. We actually had, you ready for this? We had a party line. It, right. So it was those. pick up the phone wow. and see if anybody else is there before you smile and dial. <laughs> and if you're nice, hang that. up the phone if somebody else was there. Yes. If you're a nosy you're not, neighbor, you, you know, in. whatever. Yeah. Talk um, about uh, your personally identifiable information. No kidding, right? Yeah. But, yeah, so seriously, like you're talking about, we went from one landline to I have four family members living at our house, so each of them have a phone and each of them have, like you mentioned, data. So stuff that we weren't even buying before, mm-hmm. like data data now is a necessity and you can't really resist it i mean you think about being online you're going to have to have internet service now in retirement even even if things change and you say well i I don't need that i'll just live in my old old ways you you really can't do that no it's it's not a luxury anymore internet is a necessity my kids get their homework assignments from the internet yeah Mm -hmm. if you don't have it you don't know you're you're not in the know yeah and then you've got um uh identity theft that goes along with it. it's more it's been proliferate proliferated yeah. okay. easy for you to say yeah, yeah. it's been uh, moved more along yes <laughs> with the advent of the internet yes uh, and it goes back to biblical times when Jacob stole Esau's identity with his blind dad yeah yeah I mean yeah. but it's now it's just expanded so much and so you have to have put certain things in place that mm-hmm. you, who would have thought we needed identity theft protection yeah 30 years ago and it's a service you have to pay for so it's all those things combined it's the inflation and it's the additional services and things that we would have probably considered luxuries 10 15 years ago they're now becoming staples in our life those all have to be considered when you're building a retirement income plan. Absolutely. And if you think about it, Scott, if you retired today with a million dollars, and we'd all think that's that's a very healthy retirement of having a million dollars in assets, 20 years into your retirement. So if you retired at 60, by the time you're 80, that million dollars is really only worth about $450,000. That is the buying power of that million dollars. So you've got to have a plan to stay ahead of inflation. And staying ahead of inflation is one of the things that we uh, create in the uh, ready to retire process, a process for you to be able to stay ahead of that inflationary effect that you're going to have in retirement. We're just getting started. We'll be back right back on the Get Ready for the Future show after this. There's more straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money right after the break. Stick around. This is Scott Inman. At Genwell Financial Advisors, we understand that there should be more to retirement than just the size of your nest egg. 
Whether it's more time for family, a fresh start, or just stopping and enjoying life, whatever it is for you, we know that your retirement should be more. With offices across Central Arkansas, there is a GenWealth location nearby. Call 501-653-7355 or visit us online to schedule an appointment and harness the power of more. Securities offered through LPL Financial Member FINRA SIPC. Investments and economics move at the speed of light. And we've got the latest information you need to know to stay ahead of the game. From GenWealth Financial Advisors, it's the fastest four minutes in investing. On today's Fastest Four, we're going to talk a little bit about a new law that you may or may not have heard about that passed and went into effect in January of 2020. It is called the SECURE Act, and we actually, John, did a whole Get Ready for the Future show on this about a month or so ago, so I want to encourage you first, if you really want to get in the weeds or in depth uh, with that, you can check out our podcasts on iTunes and listen to that previous show. But in today's Fastest Four, we're going to kind of hit the highlights. More is coming out about it. We're starting to really uh, see more of the effects of it. People are starting to become more informed about it. But if you haven't heard about it, we're going to kind of hit the bullet points on the major changes that could affect your retirement. Absolutely. And we're very specifically talking about your IRA account, your Roth IRA account, or your 401k account. Now, first of all, nothing changes as far as the transfer of those assets at the event of of a death from a husband to a wife. So that's all good. Nothing has changed with that. A, A spouse can inherit the other spouse's IRA account as their own, and they can just continue on, don't have to take any required distributions until their age at which the required distributions would start. The big change comes where your kids or grandkids are concerned. So if you have a a child as a beneficiary of your IRA, you want to pay close attention because that child will have to receive the assets of that IRA all within, Scott, a 10-year period of time after your death. Now, there's no required minimum distribution on a year-by-year basis. You just have to have all the money out of that IRA as the child within 10 years. Mm-hmm. As it is now, as it has been, rather, the child had the opportunity of spreading that out over their entire lifetime. Here's the net effect of this. The child is likely to inherit those assets and have to pay taxes on those assets at a time when their own personal earnings are at a relatively all-time high, Mm -hmm. and it could throw them into another tax bracket. And so you want to begin planning for that now so you might want to lessen the impact on your kids really a money grab for the government to get that tax money out in a quicker way but if you're really concerned about passing an inheritance onto your kids and minimizing a tax burden i guess the next question is so what do you do what steps can you take to minimize that? Absolutely. The, I think the first question you have to ask yourself is, do you care? You know, some parents are like, hey, look, I'm giving you the money. You can pay the taxes on it, and I don't care. And if that's the case, then you really don't have to do a whole lot of anything. It is going to be what it is. But if you are concerned about the impact that those taxes could have on your kids, then you might want to consider thinking about doing some Roth conversions. Now, understand that we're not talking about doing a wholesale Roth conversion all at once of your retirement assets, but we are talking about doing this maybe systematically through the years. So you're migrating that money into an after-tax position. So when they inherit that Roth IRA, they're not having to pay the tax on it because you've already done so. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing that you could do. The second thing could be life insurance. Mm -hmm. Life insurance passes to uh, the beneficiary on a income tax free basis. There is no income tax that is due on life insurance. So the life insurance could basically shore up or take the place of the money that the kids might have to pay in taxes on the IRA and basically cancel that out. That's a consideration as well as a result of the passage of the SECURE Act. And if you'd like to talk more about that, give us a call here at GenWealth. We would be more than happy to sit down and talk with you about the options that you may have. Yeah, you can call us at 501-653-7355. Again, it's 501-653-7355. And if you want to hear more about the other things inside of that SECURE Act that's now law, Uh, listen to the podcast, check us out on iTunes or Stitcher. That's a look at the fastest four minutes in investing for this week. The Get Ready for the Future show continues in a moment. There are only three things you can count on in life, death, taxes, and the Get Ready for the Future show on Saturdays. Back with more after this break. 
Education-driven, strategy-based, team-delivered. That's how we roll on the Get Ready for the Future show, and we're back for more. One of three universal risks that we believe uh, affect all upcoming retirees and in retirement, and we are talking about one today, inflation risk. We mentioned the sequence risk. That's market-related. We also mentioned longevity risk, but we're really honing in, drilling down on one in particular. It's inflation. The topic of today's Get Ready for the Future show is we welcome back our live stream audience and to our radio listeners. We want to kind of set the scene here a little bit about why it's, we talked about why it's so important, the erosion of your buying power, but why is it important in a retirement plan? You know, we talk about this sometimes, guys, about the the rules of dumb that are out there, mm-hmm. the so-called rules of dumb. You've, you've tabbed it as such, the rule of thumb that has been around for a long time and still gets talked about when it comes to retirees and how they're going to take income from their assets. So you're moving into a world where you're leaving a salary, leaving your income, and your income has to be replaced on some level with your retirement assets when in, when you include Social Security, pensions, those type of income stream as well. But if you're planning to take withdrawals from your uh, accumulated assets, there's this rule of thumb out there that says 4%, right? If you take out 4% and you have an asset allocation of usually customary is 60% equities and 40% fixed income, that that portfolio is going to outperform that 4% withdrawal. And over time, you'll never run out of money. And we're fond of saying that works until it doesn't. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. Scott, it is, I think it is very elementary for somebody to say, well, I'll just take 4%. You're making a whole lot of assumptions that likely are not going to hold up into the future. I think that you've got to make a decision. Do you stick with 4% of the previous year-end account balance? And if that's the case, if it goes down, are you willing to take a pay cut in retirement? Think about that. Could you take a pay cut today from your paycheck? Would that be something that you'd be okay with? Probably not. Most people are very comfortable with the money that they have coming in. And if they got uh, a a sizable amount less at any particular point in time, they'd be in trouble. And I think the same holds true in retirement. I mean, let's just put some numbers to this. We'll we'll use a million dollars. And I'm not saying that you have to have a million dollars to retire, but it, it works for really easy math for us in this scenario. So if you start out in retirement and you have a million dollars as you prepare to retire and you're withdrawing 4%, well, that tells us you're withdrawing $40,000 a year. Okay, again, it works until it doesn't. So along comes 2008. The market is down 40%. All right, so let's not even worry about doing the math on your on your withdrawal itself. Let's say you had a million dollars at the beginning of the year. It's down 40%, so you now have $600,000. All right, remember our withdrawal was $40,000 because it's 4% of a million. Now, if you still continue to withdraw $40,000, if it's $40,000 off of $600,000, that is now a 6.7% withdrawal rate. Mm. You're going to go broke, Mm. okay? But if you stick with a 4% withdrawal, it's now 4% of $600,000, so you're down from $40,000 a year to $24,000. Anybody here want to take that pay cut? No. No. That's what I call it working on a spreadsheet, but not working at the kitchen table where you're paying the bills. Yeah. Uh, And and so you can have all this, uh, you know, theoretical things that are out there about, you know, a 4% withdrawal rate. But I'm here to tell you that it generally does not work. And it it, it absolutely has many, many hidden risks to it that if that is the plan that you're executing, you very well have an incomplete plan. Well, you think about when the 4% rule was really developed, interest rates were much higher than they are today. So maybe it had a better shot 20 years ago. Well, I mean, I remember my grandfather um, sitting me down, you know, in the early 80s and going, now, honey, when you get you a chance, you get you some, some money from working and, and you go down to the bank and you get you a CD because I got one paying me 15%. Ooh. Well, yeah. I mean, if the bank was paying you 15%, you could withdraw 4% and you were golden. Here's the problem with that scenario with your grandfather, though. What he didn't realize was that inflation was yes, probably right. in the 15 to 18% range during that time. And he right. was at a point where it didn't really matter. All, right. all his stuff was paid 
paid for. He, you know, yes, inflation was there, but it was on groceries and not a house payment because he wasn't at that point in life. You know, it just it, he wasn't having to buy new stuff the anymore. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's just a, a different phase of life. But you've really got to think that. It, your investment returns and your withdrawals, it is not just linear. Mm -hmm. That's the mistake that people make. I'm going to average whatever. It doesn't happen like that. It's going to be up and it's going to be down. And that is different math. So that's the baseline of discussion here. If you have a flawed withdrawal plan, then you may be faced with pay cuts in retirement. And we're talking about inflation's effect, meaning you need pay raises in retirement. So that's a severe gap we're talking about if you adhere to a simple withdrawal rule. So let's talk about the next step up. Okay, what about a flat income? Because that's what you're going to have with most of your guaranteed income sources. Yes, Social Security may get a cost of living adjustment. Maybe it doesn't, but it's never going to usually be as much as true inflation is. And whatever it tends to be, This past year, it was 1.6%. Usually, that raise gets eaten up with the increase in Medicare premiums. And if you do have a pension, we've seen it time and time again, John. If it's a public pension, yeah, there might be a cost of living adjustment in there. But most private pensions, if they still exist, are pretty much a flat check. Yeah, and the problem with that is that the first check you get is the best check you will ever get. Mm -hmm. It won't go up any unless there is some sort of cost of living adjustment. And Scott just said, government pensions have a cost of living adjustment in most cases. Most uh, private pensions do not. And so the pension thing is a great thing because it does provide very stable guaranteed income. Part of that income floor that we talk about all the time as we build the house of financial security for a client. But the downside of a pension is that you get locked in on a set amount of money and when both of you are gone, if you're taking mm-hmm. a joint payout, then when both of you are gone, you're not going to have anything that's left over for the next generation. And most people are very interested in leaving a legacy for their kids and grandkids because that's a big part of this, this whole generation-to-generation transfer of wealth. That's right. Shannon, if you think about let's I know none of us are in our 20s. We haven't been in our 20s for a while, but let's rewind the clock. <laughs> Shannon, if you think about back in your 20s, if, if you had gone somewhere to get a job, and the employer said, I'll hire you, here's your salary, and you thought, oh, that salary's good, I'm going to take this, and so you're interested. What if the employer had said, by the way, you're going to work here 30 years and I'm never going to give you a raise? Would you have taken the job? No, not at all. Absolutely not, because at some point, you would have needed other income sources to supplement that because of inflation. Right. The same is true in retirement. If your pension, and we know Social Security, if they are not going to give you a raise in retirement, you have to plan for that from other sources. You know, and I get it because I think people, when they walk into retirement, my parents were like this, they were more focused on not running out of money than they were increasing their income over time. Totally understand that. You've got a story of a client that 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 was the focus and and they thought that would be okay. Yeah, when they came in, they had kind of done some prep ahead of time to see if they were going to be okay in retirement. And I get it. You you know, you play with the numbers and kind of go, is this going to work or not? And that's what they had done. It wasn't their final plan, but... When they came in, what they had done is taken the amount of money that they had saved for retirement and they had divided it out on a monthly amount over the the next 30 or 35 years. I don't remember how long they had played it out, but basically it was going to get them to and a little bit past their life expectancy. But the key was they just divided it out as an even number to, you know, whatever that amount was per month for all of those decades with zero growth built in. And in the early years, that looks great. But, you know, you get, forget 30 years down the road, you get 10 years down the road, you're going to need a raise. And it just wasn't built into the plan. And that was something we had to talk through. And they went, yeah, this is not going to work. We need more information on on really how to build a plan that will factor in inflation. Let me say that that if your retirement plan does not have some very solid equation for giving you pay raises throughout your retirement, mm-hmm. then you probably need to reevaluate that retirement plan. I'll just be really very direct about this because 
it will be a problem in the future. So that's a good benchmark for you to look at, not the only benchmark for you to look Mm -hmm. at, but a very good benchmark for you to look at when it comes to, do I need to do some changes with my retirement? Do I need to change something as far as the advice that I'm getting? And if your advisor isn't talking to you about how you're going to navigate that Mm -hmm. that inflation corridor, then you've, you've got a real problem that's coming down the road before you know it. Hey, I want to take just a second to do a a Facebook shout out to people who are watching and have liked or commented below. Uh, First of all, if you've got any questions, please comment, join us. We'd love to hear what your inflation story is, what something cost however many years ago and what it does now. Uh, But Celeste, thank you so much for for watching us today. And Gary Coven, it was great to see you last night at the workshop. We appreciate you watching us today as well. And And we've got Donnie. uh, He's all the way from Missouri. All the way from Missouri. So watching, watching Gen Wealth in the Bryant location in in, way down here in Arkansas and you're watching us from Missouri thanks Donnie we appreciate you joining us so we have a couple of minutes left before our next uh, break and before we take it we've talked an awful lot about identifying the problem that inflation presents the risk that it poses I want to start down the road of how do you deal with it and we've alluded to the planning process and we call it our planning process is the gen wealth ready to retire process and it involves taking a look at all of your income sources that are going to be available to you from a guaranteed perspective, identifying that and how it matches up with what you're going to need in retirement. But when it specifically refers to the inflation risk, it is an investment strategy that still believes in equities. Absolutely. You've got to have a, an equity component to your uh, overall plan else you're going to fall victim to inflation because as you'll see in our next segment that we're going to talk about the impact of equities on an overall portfolio it's really one of the only asset classes that you can invest in that has traditionally stayed ahead of inflation so you've got to think outside the box a little bit in terms of of retirement most folks think I need to be very conservative Mm -hmm. when I get to retirement. And that is true. You do need to be very conservative. But you also need to be very aggressive at addressing the inflation risk. Because the the bottom line of, uh, you you know, the, the traditional thing that you see is when they're talking about inflation, they'll interview some little old lady and she says, I'm on a fixed income and I don't know what to do. That's what you're doing if you don't have an inflation factor in your retirement program. Yeah, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about markets as the show rolls on, too, because that may be people's reaction. Wait a minute, believe in equities, and we're at historic highs in the market, and we've had the choppy volatility we've had this week. We're going to get into that as well, but it's time for another break. The Get Ready for the Future show continues right after this. Don't miss a minute of the Get Ready for the Future show. Look for our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, or visit GetReadyForTheFuture.com slash radio. We'll be right back. Do you have a burning question? Email info at getreadyforthefuture.com with your name, location, and question to get a response on the air from the Gen Wealth team. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. Live streaming on Facebook Live and on YouTube and on our radio show. Welcome back to the Get Ready for the Future show. I want to remind you of our next Gen Wealth Academy workshop. And before I do that, I want to say a quick thanks to everybody who attended the last couple since we were last with you. We had one in Conway and then just last night, guys, we had a really nice workshop with really good attendance at the Crown Plaza in Little Rock talking about fortifying your finances. We had a three-pronged educational workshop in which we brought in FBI Special Agent Ryan Kennedy to talk about elder fraud. He did not bring up Jacob and Esau, but he did talk about the 21st century versions of elder fraud. Uh, And we had Stephanie Smith, who's on our team, talk about Social Security. Many of you are familiar with her story. She spent 27 years at the Social Security Administration. And then uh, Tim Key and myself uh, talked a little bit about the investment strategy that we're, in fact, going to talk a little bit in this segment about. But thanks to everybody who came. Thanks for the engagement. And your next opportunity to attend a free Gen Wealth Academy workshop is coming up on February 27th at 6.30, and we're coming to Saline County. We're going to be at the Benton Event Center, and we're talking Destination Retirement. This is an all-new presentation that, John, you and, and many of our team members have been working hard to create. We did, and we felt like that we wanted to give seven succinct steps to somebody who is 
facing retirement, maybe you're five years out, 10 years out, whatever the case may be, there are seven things that you need to know and that you need to do in order to really arrive at retirement at that destination that you're looking for in good shape. And inflation is one of those things that we're going to talk about, but there are six others Mm -hmm. that we're going to explore during this workshop. It is all new material, all new information. Uh, It is coming up on February 27th at the Benton Events Center. It is right off of I-30 here in Saline County. And uh, you can go to our our Facebook page and register. You can go to getreadyforthefuture.com. Uh, forward slash events and register there as well. So the presentation is new. What is not new is it is still free to attend. As all Gen Wealth Academy workshops are, education is our focus, and we hope you'll make plans to join us there. And there will be some more opportunities coming in the future at different locations if Benton is too far uh, for you to drive. So we're talking today about inflation. We've shared some good stories about uh, things that used to cost a lot less, and that's pretty much everything, right? But you really don't notice inflation creeping up on you in your work life. And I think, uh, Janet, you mentioned, uh, had a great point before we uh, started recording today or started broadcasting today, live streaming today. I keep, I keep saying broadcasting. <laughs> we're not technically broadcasting. Yeah. We're live streaming. Uh, but you talked about, you know, you don't notice inflation as much during your work life because you're likely going to have raises right. in your work life that offset a lot of that. So to our point, of why you need raises in retirement as well. You've absolutely got to do that. And to circle back to just talking about inflation and the risk that you face in that, one of the things that it's important to be aware of is people think about market risk all the time. It's almost tangible, like you can actually touch it. You know, Mm -hmm. I guess you kind of can when you get your statements and you see (laughs) what's been going on. But people see market risk and acknowledge that all the time. But the reality is, this is so important for you to understand, the reality is that you are accepting a risk. It doesn't matter if you think you're avoiding market risk. Okay, fine. Maybe you're avoiding market risk. If you're doing that and you're all in cash, then you are choosing to accept inflation risk. So your your decision is leading you down a path to accept one risk or another. Here's the key. Don't be all in one bucket of risk. Mama always told you not to put all your eggs in one basket. This is critical. Don't say, I'm going to be all in on market risk. Don't say, I'm going to be all out on market risk, because that means you're all in on inflation risk. If you're going all in one direction or the other, it's a problem. You have to be able to balance that out. When I think about risk, Shannon, I share the story often about the time that I jumped out of an airplane when I was in my first television job in 1996. You jumped out of an airplane? I did. Did we get his face? Did we get Shannon's reaction? Clearly he has not heard the story. (laughs) Yeah, I I was a a pastor, and I believe in Jesus, but I'm not going to jump out of a plane. I'm just not going to do it. So you thought the hot wing challenge was was rough. (laughs) The first job I had, they had a a world's free fall convention uh, in Quincy, Illinois, it's where people came for a whole weekend, and that's what they did. They just skydived. <laughs> and I had always wanted to do it. Keep in mind, I was single. I wasn't married, didn't have kids, so didn't have responsibilities. Right. If, if I died in my 20s, you know, nobody would miss me. <laughs> um, but <laughs> Your mama would have. That's true. I, so it was wow. on my bucket list, I thought, to, to skydive. So I, I tandem jumped. Uh, took about a one-hour class, which I found to be very insufficient to learn how to <laughs> jump out of an airplane. But Talk I would, about your crash course. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, gosh. So I was tied to a guy, uh, and, and he was the professional. When I was in the plane, I was in the plane with professional skydivers that were going to create you know, formations when they came out of the plane. Right. So as soon as they get to altitude and raise the uh, gate or raise the door – those guys are out in like 12 seconds, and it's just me and the guy I'm attached to. He literally had to drag me across the plane to the door to get me to jump out of the plane. I wish I had video. but Well, I do have video. Not that part, but the jump I do have video of. Oh, yeah. We're going to need that. Yeah, we're going to need that. And talk about technology <laughs> adaptation. It's on a VHS tape, oh, so that, that ought to tell do you how time long to convert it. Was. Do you know yes. how many viewers we would have if we promote that for a couple of weeks on Facebook right? Live? I'll do it. I'll find it. Yes. We'll have there to we figure go. out a way to format it so we can get it on but there you go there there is video of it so i can remember standing out looking at the blue sky and the very green earth and really think rethinking my life at that point you know and <laughs> when we talk about dealing with risk this is a, a a very extreme example of it but i had to choose how i was going to deal with that now i did not accept that risk because we believe there are four ways to to deal with risk one is to totally accept it now think about the analogy there if I was going to totally accept that risk, I would be up there with no parachute, right? Right. Which would be quite foolish. <laughs> I could avoid the risk. I could have at that point said, 
take me back down, which right. probably would have been the right thing to do in that situation. Uh, I could transfer the risk, which I had already done. I had a professional tied to me who knew what he was doing and was going to guide me down safely. And I could manage the risk. I had a parachute. I, I had some tools right available to me that I was using to make sure that I got down safely. And because I am sitting here with you all today, I did touch down safely. I love the, the look on his face through that whole story. There's no way. But it, it, I did learn I was not an adrenaline junkie. Um, and could check that box and say, I don't want to do that anymore. Well, see, I would have just died from the fear. I, you know, It wouldn't have been any issue of hitting the ground. I would have been dead before I hit the ground because I'd have had a heart attack. That's just <laughs> it not, was not that bad. That's just not that enough. <laughs> but that, but the, that good green earth rushing toward you at, a, what, 300 miles an hour or whatever well, the that's speed in the, is? That's in the free fall. But once you once your once your parachute's open, you're feeling pretty good about it. Well, life. yeah, you feel yeah. good then because oh, hey, this yeah. is easy. You, you've that, managed it a little bit. Exactly. That time between the plane and the and the chute opening, I'm out. So let's move that into where we plan when we talk about the ways to deal with risk. And when we say avoiding it, you know, that's to your point, Janet. When you talk about a lot of people are totally terrified yeah. of the stock market, so they avoid the market. But think about the risk you are taking on. Yeah. In, in my case, it it meant that I would not have achieved my goal. I wanted, yeah. I really did want to jump out of an airplane. I wanted to check that box. By avoiding it, I would have not accomplished my goal. I, I think this is a good time to go to our graphics that we have on this. I and mean, we want to mm. talk about inflation and how that compares to the actual return of an average investor and the actual return of the S&P 500. Because that when we talk about the markets, yes, there's more to it than the S&P 500, but this is just a good conversation piece to talk about. So this is 20-year annualized returns So by asset class. So we're going from 1999 to 2018. So think about that for just a minute. That time period includes the lost decade. So there was a time in there where you started with $100,000, you ended with $100,000 20 years later, just the absolute lost decade. So look at the S&P 500, even including a lost decade, what we wind up with there is 5.6%. Now, this is not being managed by anybody. It's not an advisor coaching you through, hey, now might be a good time to sell this and buy this. It's just what the index did, okay? Inflation was 2.2%. But here's what's very interesting to me. The average inf investor doesn't even outpace inflation. Now, the focus of our show today isn't really about behavioral management, but that points to the reason that the average investor is not outpacing inflation because they, they see the markets doing what the markets do, and they panic and they zig when they should have zagged, and it happens all the time. And Janet, that's what I call doing the wrong thing at the wrong time for the wrong reason. That is how mm -hmm. you get that 1.9% average investor return when the market is at 5.6%. So clearly there is something going on yeah. there, and that is what behavioral misbehavior is, if mm -hmm. that's a phrase. <laughs> it is you now. Know, it is now. Well, when we're scared, we back up, right? Yeah. And yes. so if you're, if you're terrified of something and you want to avoid it, you're actually backing up, and yes. so you're losing ground. Yes. The, the challenge here is you have to realize that there are more things out there to fear yeah. than the market. Again, mm -hmm. the market is very visible. You better see inflation. You better understand that. And if you do, you'll dip your toe in the market with some of your money. So our next slide is very indicative of why we do what we do at GenWealth and why we talk about the need for equities in your long-term investment portfolio. Now, this slide goes all the way back to 1950 through 2019. So longer than anybody at this table has been alive, Amen. this is the, <laughs> the history of the market and how it's performed. In any one year during the, all that period of time, any one given year, the market could be down 39% or it could be up as much as 47%. And so there is a huge range there in a one year, in any given year, any particular year, the market could be wildly high or wildly low. 
The further out you go, it's interesting what happens. Mm -hmm. Look at how much less downside risk you have when you go to that five-year rolling period. So anytime uh, that includes a five-year period. So if you held uh, equities from, let's say, 1950 to 1955, or from 1967, five years ahead, the average rate of return on that is obviously somewhere between those two, but you have a high of 28% and a low of minus three. The 10-year period of time, the low, minus one, the high, 19%. The 20-year period of time, notice that there is no negative return. The worst 20-year period of time is 6%. The best 20-year period of time is 17%. You'll likely get somewhere in between. But the key here is that time heals most every wound that you could get in the stock market. In the stock market, but I will also say time creates wounds in inflation. Yes, it does. And you've got to be able to stay ahead of inflation. So let's go back to our previous graphic for just a second. Probably going to have to hold it. We've got to take a break in 15 seconds. All right, let's let's (laughs) take a break and we'll be right back. Yeah, we're going to take a look at those slides again and continue talking inflation as the Get Ready for the Future show continues. Stay with us. We're back in just a moment. More wisdom from Arkansas's most listened to financial talk show is just around the corner after the break. Stay tuned. A smarter, simpler, more personal approach to retirement continues with the Get Ready for the Future show. Live streaming again today on Facebook Live and on YouTube. And we want to take a minute. We were referencing slides in the last segment, and we're going to do it again in this segment. do want to take a moment for our radio listeners. Uh, they may be listening to this on Saturday morning and going, I can't, I can't see what you're talking about. So just go to our <laughs> Facebook page, and you can watch the live stream and see those slides as we talk about them here on our live streams. A little bit of a, a challenge that we're working through. We want to be able to be very visual for our live stream audience, but we also understand the and be sensitive to our radio listeners. But that's a great way to catch us on the live stream every uh, Wednesday at 1130. Or if you miss it as it streams live, you can always go back and check it out on our Facebook page. Absolutely. Yeah. And so back to the point about, the, about inflation, if you take a look at the graphic again and take a look at the S&P 500, and uh, understand that the average from 1999 to 2018 was 5.6%. Inflation was 2.2. That puts you ahead of the game. It's just that simple. That the, the equities historically have outpaced inflation. Real estate also has outpaced inflation historically. Bonds don't do that. CDs don't do that. Savings accounts don't do that. They conserve money. They are they are surety investments, meaning that you're sure that it's going to be there when you need it, but it's not going to overcome the long-term effect of inflation. And so obviously you've got to have a plan to deal with the inflationary aspects of that. And that's where the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process comes in, Scott, because the process builds in inflation, but it also builds in all these other things, especially taking up that other graphic that we were looking at yeah. using equities for the long term. Yeah, can you find that again? I think sure. we should put that back Absolutely. up. Because going back to the way we describe how yeah. you how you deal with risk, we don't believe that you should avoid it. We've already made that point. We don't believe that you should full on accept it. We believe in transferring it and managing it. And to the management point, as we take a look at this slide again, you have to believe in equities, but you take a look at that one year and that five year rolling, that's not where you want to be withdrawing your money when you're using it. And those first few years of retirement, that's where the conservative investment strategy needs to take place. Your equity exposure needs to be in that 15 and 20 year uh, area where you see those rolling averages are always or have been always positive in in the re, in in history. So while we've got this up, if you if you think about the the beauty of the buckets of money, this is why we do that because the the portion of your assets in the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process, the portion of your assets that are exposed to market risk, 
are going to be the pieces that we don't use for 15 and beyond years, you know, in retirement. So we're buying you time by investing it that way. And if you look at this, you know, the 10-year rolling, um, the the worst case time period on that is down 1%. And then on 20-year rolling, they're all positive. Now, it may not be as positive as you would like it to be, but it's positive. Let me make two points here. One is, I think we have to say anytime we're talking about investing in equities, that past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. The regulators really like for me to say that, nor is past performance on a downside indicative of future results. So understand that that we're looking at history and history is not necessarily an indicator of how the markets are going to perform in the future. So that's number one. Secondly, I think you need to understand that the S&P 500 is an unmanaged index that you can find investments that mimic the S&P 500, but it's really impossible to directly invest in the S&P 500 index. So just a couple of things to clear up there so we stay out of uh, trouble and in good graces with regulators. Check the boxes. That's always (laughs) good. All right. So go ahead. Um, We got a comment that I wanted to address on Facebook. Um, Corley overall was stating that he's sorry you missed the show. I guess he tuned in kind of late for us. But Corley, we wanted to let you know and anybody else in there out there who has not caught the first part of the show on Facebook Live, you can go back and watch this again at any point on Facebook after... uh, after we've done the show, it'll still be there for yeah, you. Yeah, it takes just a few minutes for it to get back up on Facebook for you to go to the Gen Wealth Facebook page and watch a recording of the show. All right, so one final thing we want to touch on when it comes to inflation risk and building your overall retirement income plan. Uh, we, we have met with many folks that when they come in and they think about the way their retirement income should flow, they want more on the front end. That's understandable. You've got the go years mm-hmm. of retirement, right? This is when we're going to do our traveling. It's when we're going to be healthy. It's when we're going to do what we want to do. And that's, hey, through the optimistic lens, that's the way we want to look at our retirement. But the reality is, because those, those people who are thinking like that oftentimes want their income to actually go down in later years, and they're okay with that because they don't think they're going to be going as much, and that's likely true. But what is also true is your quality of life, the sustaining of your quality of life is likely going to take more monthly income because you're going to have more out-of-pocket health care costs. You, you certainly are, and, and unless you just live a very, very healthy life and then just pass away suddenly, yep. those health care costs will creep in there. And what we know to be true about health care costs is that that is probably of your entire life, all the sectors of mm-hmm. your life that you're going to have expenses in. Healthcare is probably number two fastest growing uh, cost as far as overall cost is concerned. The inflation factor for healthcare is somewhere around four to five percent. The only thing that is more inflationary than healthcare is college education. Amen, said the mama of a high school junior. Right there we go. There you go. I'm glad you guys are walking down that path. It's one I have. You've already been there and done that. Yep, twice. But (laughs) but the thing you have to know is, yeah, there's a lot of attention paid to college education costs because it's something that you want for your kids. Healthcare is not a want. Healthcare is a necessity. Healthcare is a need. And when you are in need, you really don't really care how much it costs. You just want the care. You just want to pay for that that provision of service so that you can either feel better or be more comfortable or whatever the case may be. And you've got to be prepared for that. And if you're not prepared for that with a plan like we have Mm -hmm. at GenWealth in the ready-to-retire process, then you can run into trouble. I think you need to include it in your retirement income plan how it gets included, that's the part that's unique to you. Does it mean that you can build in uh, a bucket of money that you know is your long-term care bucket? If you have enough assets, that's possible. Mm -hmm. You can self-insure. Most of the folks that we work with are probably not in that uh, situation. They need to probably transfer some of that risk. When we talk about how to manage risk, you can transfer the risk of long-term care to an insurance company and put the premium that you're paying for that policy into your retirement income plan. It, it really does make sense to to think about it in that way. Think about all the things that you insure these days. You insure your home because there's a chance that you could have a fire or a storm or whatever the case may be. You transfer that risk to an insurance company. 
You do the same thing with your vehicle. When you buy car insurance, you're transferring the risk that someone might run into you or you might run into someone uh, driving down the highway and you don't need to, to have that financial impact on your budget personally, you're transferring that risk to an insurance company. The same holds true with long-term care. If you think about it much like you would health insurance, but it is not paying for acute care, things like a hospital visit or a doctor visit or something like that, that's acute care. What this is for is for chronic long-term mm -hmm. needs. Things like you can't get out of bed, you can't you know, dress yourself, you can't go to the bathroom by yourself. Those are all things that, that unfortunately, a, a high percentage of us are going yeah. to face in retirement. And if you can't provide for that on your own dime, on your own budget, then the most uh, equitable thing to do is to transfer that risk. You know, we talk so many times about the purpose of your retirement income is to buy dignity and independence. Mm -hmm. Every day in retirement, that is what your money needs to do. And that's really what we're talking about here. When we talk about end-of-life healthcare type of situations, you want to still be able to buy your dignity and independence as much as you possibly can. So that's really what you're talking about preparing for in this situation. So when you think about hearing these inflation risks and all the other things we've talked about in the Get Ready for the Future show today, it dawns on me that sometimes people know that retirement is coming, and maybe they've even had a pretty good savings plan and they've accumulated some wealth, but they haven't really thought about their retirement in terms of income. They've been focused on that asset level, that, that number. Maybe they don't know what it needs to be, but they think that's what I'm going to try to drive up. The assets, the assets, the assets. There is our final bell. That's the first time we've had that. We're, it means that the show is almost over, but it also mean means it's time for us to wrap up. And that's kind of where I was going with this, is that if you've never even thought about how you can turn your assets into income so that you can replace your paycheck when you leave your job, I would encourage you to think about coming in and setting an appointment with a GenWealth financial advisor to walk through the GenWealth Ready to Retire process and build a written retirement income plan for you and your family. Everybody needs a coach. Mm -hmm. All great athletes have had coaches and, and continue to use coaches. You need a coach in your retirement planning. Don't go it alone. This is way too complex, way too complicated to go down this road by yourself. The accumulation process is fairly easy. The distribution process in creating a retirement income plan is fairly complicated. We would encourage you to not go it alone and sit down with a GenWealth advisor to help you create that ready-to-retire process. I'll circle back to where Scott was going about talking about the income. That is the purpose of having saved all of those years in retirement is to build up the, the income sources that you'll need to have for your retirement income. You've got to be able to, with that income, address inflation and health care, all of those areas that we've talked about. The challenge that we see is that most people on one side or the other have no idea how much income their assets can create. So mm -hmm. some people they come in and it winds up being like a 2% withdrawal rate, which is ultra, ultra conservative. Other people, I've seen them at a 15% withdrawal rate, which is, you know, it's going to drain the account super quickly. The math matters. The plan matters. Your income matters. Right. So if you want to get that right to mm -hmm. be able to help address inflation, you got to sit down with an advisor and walk through a personalized plan for your retirement income. Email us, info at getreadyforthefuture.com, or call us, 501-653-7355. You can do that now if you're watching on live stream, and we'll talk to you again next week. The GenWealth Financial Team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 501-653-7355. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas-registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. The Get Ready for the Future show is a production of GenWealth Financial Advisors, and opinions expressed are not those of this radio station and are for general information only. 